Welcome into Honorado and Bagnardi on the News Channel 13 Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube pages. Chris Honorado and Sean Bagnardi coming off the Super Bowl. Obviously, we'll react to the Rams' victory and what we saw on Super Bowl Sunday. Um, the first half of the NBA season bags just about in the books. Yeah, if you're watching us on Saturday, it is in the books. We'll give our first half impressions and a lot to talk about when it comes to Beijing and these 2022 Winter Games. I hate that people say that, the first half. We're well past the halfway point. I know it's the unofficial first half. No, there's no unofficial first half. It's just you have like two-thirds of the season before the All-Star break, and then you you know, you know wrap it up. I mean, really, we're going to ramp it up here when we come out of this All-Star break with a final, what, 20, 25 games or so here. We're really going to be cranking. Uh, so, no, nowhere near halfway. Listen to you with the Brooklyn Nets lingo, ramping it up. Let's ramp it up here on Honorado and Bagnardi. Let's get going. No time to waste. This is Honorado and Bagnardi, brought to you by Alpen House. All right, Shawnee, what is going on in Beijing with Michaela Schifrin, the star American skier? I mean, five individual events, mm. and the talk going in was like she could become the first Olympian skier ever to medal in five events at one games, and yet here we are talking about the fact that she won't get a single medal in an individual event. Man, no, I mean, nobody saw this coming, especially with really what has happened here, three DQs, as you see on your screen. The slalom, which is her best event. The giant slalom, which she certainly was expected to do well in. Um, and then most recently, the combined, where it's the slalom again that trips her up and she ends up falling. Three DQs out of five. You, you can't even put it into words. You cannot explain it. No, and neither can she. Um, good on her to, I yeah. guess, own it, right? She's not trying to make any excuses. It is what it is. It's sad. I mean, so the immediate reaction is going to be, well, was there too much pressure put on her? And were the expectations too high? And I don't think so. I think the expectations were what they were. She went out there and had a bad two weeks. I mean, it, it can happen, right? Um, I don't think that it means she's not a good skier. I don't think that it means she's you know, not among the best in the world still. These things happen. She was not good in these Olympics. She was okay. not good. Okay. But listen, I, I'm all for being forgiving here. But even Michaela, like you said, even Michaela Schifrin would tell you this may be the greatest disappointment in Olympic history. Here's her quote. I don't know if anybody has failed that hard with so many opportunities maybe in the history of the Olympics. She is well aware that like one bad event. Okay. We're talking five. I mean, now to be fair, when she finishes 18th out of 36 in an event that, that she's never skied at the Olympics before. Okay. You don't expect her to medal in that event, but the ones where she's favored to win gold, not just to get onto the podium and she DQs the, a bad two weeks, man. I mean, you, you get a bad two weeks in baseball, but you don't get a bad two weeks at the Olympics. You don't get a, a bad two weeks 
in most sports. And when you've well, trained for the, the last two plus years for this particular Olympics, and I know she's had a lot go on in her personal life. I get all that and the distractions that, that have come along with it, certainly. But but I don't even think Michaela Schifrin is willing to give herself a pass on this. We're doing it because we're a little more forgiving now as compared to Bodie Miller in 06, but not even Michaela Schifrin is saying, yeah, it's, it's okay for me to have performed the way I did. Okay, well, let me be clear here. I'm not giving her a pass. She stunk it up at these Olympics, and that's what it is. I mean, she she was bad. She wasn't just not good. She was bad, yeah. you know, falling all over the place. But what I've noticed, especially about these Olympic sports, is that, you know, you'll, you'll watch a run, right? You'll watch a – and I was watching some of the freestyle skiing the other day, and, you know, they're doing this stuff on the rails, right? They're grinding on the rails, and then they do these big jumps, and it was like – if you came off the rail a foot before the end of the rail, it was like, ah, this runs a throwaway. And you haven't yeah. even gotten to the three jumps yet where you're going to do these insane things. So the, they these athletes know that you have to be the very, very best to get on the podium. You have to give an incredible run, not just a good run, not just a run in which you don't fall. You've got to get down the mountain as fast as you possibly can. You've got to push it. In these, these winter sports in particular, you've really got to push the limits. So what happens then? It looks bad when you don't succeed, but I wonder if that's just a question of really pushing it that much more. And also, yes, it becomes a mental thing for her. She probably felt like she had to push it even more after not succeeding the first time. And, you know, no pun intended, it kind of snowballed on her here as literally as she's rolling down the hill. Um, so it, it, you have to push the envelope. So, so for these winter athletes, these extreme sport athletes, when you push the envelope and it doesn't work, it looks bad and it looked bad for her these two weeks. All right, Anne is weighing in, seems to have forgotten how to ski. I mean, I think there's a, a little bit of a, a, a joke there, right? Like tongue-in-cheek. Obviously, she hasn't forgotten how to ski, but it appears that way where she gets, like you said, she's pushing it, but she gets on edge and just absolutely can't hold it. Yeah, she's she's trying to go as quickly as possible down the mountain, but, man, I don't know. I, I, I don't think in ever in her life, in any competition, has she probably experienced two weeks like this ever? Where does this compare for you in terms of the Simone Biles incident that we saw at the, the last summer games where she obviously then pulled out of competition? Where does this rank for you as far as disappointment goes? You're more disappointed in this kind of performance versus a sort of non-performance. Well, and 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 on top of that, Biles, to me anyway, was being touted more of the greatest of all time in that sport in women's mm -hmm. gymnastics uh i don't i don't remember people talking about michaela schifrin as the greatest downhill skier of all time i understand her world cup victories will be more than anybody else has ever had but i don't know that she's being discussed because slalom that particular discipline is one that she dominates it's uh, it's not like rafael nadal in the french open Schifrin's better than that uh, in some of the other disciplines, but it seems that Slalom, hey, guaranteed a gold, and it didn't happen. Biles was going to win multiple medals in, in again, multiple events, but, it, but she had the GOAT status put on her. She embraced it. She embroidered it on backpacks and apparel and all kinds of things, so... To me, it's Simone Biles, and I understand, you're, well, Biles had more of a mental hurdle 
that she couldn't deal with. And we don't know that that's necessarily the case here with Michaela Schiffer. And like you said, maybe she just had a, a few bad races here. But for me, the, if we're going to, if we're measuring expectation versus result, yep. Simone Biles to me is, is the bigger disappointment out of an Olympic Games. I agree with that, but it's more because of the expectation than because of the result. Because at least, you know, I'd rather you go out there and crash and burn than not go out there. And I, I of course, understand the reasons why Simone Biles didn't. And we went through that on this show at that time. So we don't have to do that again. But, you know, you give her credit for getting back out there and trying again and trying again and going back down the mountain. And it just got harder and harder to watch, unfortunately, as she continued to not succeed. Carol, of course, makes the point here about the fake snow. That that was a narrative during these games, how a lot of the snow, most of the snow was was made, right? It was artificial. And, yep. and you know, th- these are these are courses and, and tracks that these skiers, these athletes don't really get a ton of time to to go on before it's go time in the Olympics. So there's a lot that goes into it. And yeah, look, part of being the best of the best is answering the call when it matters most, right? You could be, you could be Tom Brady and be undefeated and get to the Super Bowl and then lose to the wild card Giants team. And like you lost the Super Bowl. That's the way it goes. You didn't answer the call on that Sunday, regardless of how good that team was in the history of the game. You didn't answer it that day. There was another team better than you. So a part of being better than everybody is doing it when you have to. Doing it when, you know, you hear that bell go and the gate goes down and you get out of it. That's the number one difference is when everything is on the line. That is when the, quote, best play, perform, deliver at their absolute best. And Michaela Schifrin has done that in the past. So we know it's something she's capable of. I don't think she's not capable of it anymore after what we saw in Beijing. But this is one of those times when the others were better. You know, there's a lot of reasons that to go into it. I'm sure some of it was mental for, and I'm sure the mental aspect got worse as the competition went on, because once you're not succeeding and you're not succeeding, we know how important confidence is in sports, right? When you have that confident athlete, they're the one who goes out there and usually performs better. And I'm sure we saw how how shook she was confidence wise when before she's even done competing in these Olympics, right. she she fails after a run and she's saying, like, now I'm questioning the last 17 years of my life. That doesn't sound like somebody who's ready to go back to the top of the mountain and give us her her next best run here. But she at least went for it and didn't pull out of the competition, which is good to see. She just didn't have it during these games. A little bit of a roll call here. Uh, the J-Man is watching. Jason, good to see you, buddy. Nick says he's here. He got They got robbed. Oh, we'll talk about, we'll talk about Super Bowl 56 and, uh, and Nick's Cincinnati Bengals and what happened uh, not that long ago. Not even a week ago now. Um, all right. Uh, most of America is not feeling sympathy for this young lady, 15 years old, figure skater from Russia, Kamila Valieva, stumbles in the women's short program free skate, misses out on a medal. I mean, she was the heavy gold medal favorite. Did you did you throw some money on her on a Caesars app? She was the heavy gold medal favorite to win this event. Obviously, she was part of the Russian Olympic Committee team uh, that won gold already in Beijing, but obviously, Everybody knows the story by now, right? Tested positive in December for a banned substance and was allowed to compete anyway. There was the, hey, we're going to hold off on 
a medal ceremony until we kind of see how things shake out here. I hate that. Like if, if, if Valieva had meddled, now we're not going to do a medal ceremony. Now that she doesn't medal, we're going to do a medal ceremony either way, 15 years old. Uh, and at the center of the greatest controversy of these games, certainly, um, but doesn't medal here in the short program. Uh, are you feeling sympathy for a 15 year old 15? Um, a little bit, I guess it, it comes down to the circumstances surrounding how this drug got in her system. And there are a lot of question marks about that. Her attorneys at this hearing, you know, said it was an accidental thing through medicine that was intended for her grandfather. Father. I don't know if I'm buying any of that. Um, let's not forget in here the history with Russia and with doping. The fact that she is Russian, the fact that this is another doping scandal. Uh, it's not a coincidence, I believe. And yes, she's 15. So what's then your immediate thought is like, well, she's being manipulated by somebody, right? Yeah. And if that's the case, then yeah, I do feel bad for her. I don't feel bad that she lost though, because no. I mean, you know how I feel about cheaters and whether the cheating was intentional or even if the cheating is of somebody who's being manipulated, if they gain an unfair advantage from something that they shouldn't, then I'm not going to pull for them in a competition like this. So in a way, I'm happy she she missed out on the medal because it makes it less of a conversation, less of a narrative moving forward. Um, I thought the decision to allow her to continue competing was a little bit odd. The justification for it was like, well, if it turns out she's innocent, right. then we've just ruined this young girl's chance. If she's guilty and we find out later that there was more to this, we can always take the medal away. Well, you can, but now you've really done some damage to the games. And who wants to then... Who wants to be upgraded, you know, from a silver to a gold because the person who finished ahead of you lost the medal? Nobody wants that. No, you leave it vacant. I, I've, I've always said the MVPs in baseball where you find out that the guy was on PEDs, you leave it vacant. Yeah. If this were a gold medalist who ended up, you know, having tested positive even during these games, you leave it vacant. You you either earned the gold or you didn't. Right. And that's okay. And that's yeah. okay. Um, I'm with you pretty much on on everything you just said there with with Valieva bags and uh, but but the, here's the one thing, it's in the NFL, refs have started to swallow their whistles on was it a fumble or wasn't it a fumble? Well, let's let it play out, and then we'll go back and fix it. And that's pretty much here what the IOC is doing, right? Like let's let it play out, and if we have to go back and fix it, we will. I, I I'm really okay with that honestly because. If in, if, in fact, she is innocent, you don't want to take the opportunity away from her. But, you know, wait for, for you know, burden of guilt, right? That's the way I see it anyway. Yeah, I, I just, I just, yeah, Ashley's here, here's her getting on you here. You would have earned the gold if someone didn't cheat. So, but the bottom line is when you go out there, when, when you go back and play the tape, somebody finished better than you, right? It's like, even if, even if they didn't earn it, the problem is it's such a gray area. But Bags, I also know that they wouldn't have, right? So that's yeah. that's my thing. I also I can't draw the direct line from yeah. having doped to winning. Now, right. is there an advantage? We assume so, but but we I can't say that if she doesn't use whatever that she doesn't win. I know, and that's, that, and that's that, the problem that's with cheating me. That's the thing with what we talked about with bonds. That's why it's like, for me, once you go there, then that's it. You're done. You don't get a chance. And if you take the person out of the competition, then you don't have these question marks, right? You have 
somebody on the top of the podium who finished with the best score or the best time or whatever it is. And that's what I'd rather see. So you don't have to ask the questions later. Now you could say, well, gee, what if that person didn't cheat and they were allowed to, well, no, to me, it's, that's something that you don't have to worry about second guessing because it's like they took their own chance away. Right. Not something where it's like you're being given something because somebody else, can you imagine you got a gold medal, but you didn't finish with the best score. That's never going to feel quite right to you. No, but you would still happily take the gold medal, and you would too. It would be like somebody. No, offers, I wouldn't. Yes, you would. It 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 would be like someone at work, you know, offering you a raise, and you say, "Well, no, I'm I'm good. I didn't earn that raise. I didn't earn that promotion. Give me a break. You're going to take it. You will take it. Of course, not when it's about it. that's a that's a big stretch there because get it. this is about competition, and competition is about being the best. And if you can look up and say, I'm not on the top of that board, but I'm kind of the best because the other person, that's that feels different. That has to feel different than outright winning a, a gold medal with a top score and being the best. I'm not saying it wouldn't feel different, but I'm still telling you, you would take the gold medal. I'd right? put it on eBay. I wouldn't want it. I couldn't look at it without thinking of the attachment to it that it's, it might not have been mine or shouldn't be mine. Okay. Yeah. Um, th this has to relate to Schifrin, right? Yeah. Currently the greatest skier in the world. Yeah. I, not I, I about you. I don't know that there's much. Uh, there's probably a little debate there after these games, but I think most people would say, yeah, she's still the best. She just didn't perform when it mattered most. That has to hurt more than anything, right? Like uh, that would kill me forever to know that I am the best at what I'm doing here. And I didn't deliver. It, it isn't like you came in with mild expectations and right. you had a, a bad week or two. Especially in like, these individual the sports, right? Especially in these yeah. individual sports. It's one thing for Aaron Rodgers to go home after a playoff loss or Tom Brady and feel like I am still the best at what I do, but the team didn't deliver. This, there's no, there are no questions about it here. You are, it's up to you as an individual, as a sport, you know, an, an athlete, an individual sport. It's clear who's the best and who isn't. She wasn't the best. She wasn't the best in Beijing. Tom Brady won more games because he decided to be the best, even if the Patriots weren't at their absolute best. Hey, did you catch us on Sunday? Uh, we were live at Saratoga National for our Super Bowl pregame show. Uh, we had Harrison Butker. Yeah, I'm looking good with that tie. Hey, you look okay. You look better there with that field goal post hat on. Butker with the paper football extra point or 50 yarder, whatever you want to call it. Did he uh, make that? He made, made it. That? He, he grazed. He, grazed he thought he missed. I know he was wrong though. He had a bad angle. I had a better okay. angle on it. Okay. He grazed the right upright and it snuck through. Okay. Good for him. You saw Dave Smith there and yep. we have Will Brown as well. Yep. So that was a loaded, a loaded lineup on Honorado and Bagnardi live ahead of the Super Bowl. Yeah. We talked some Super Bowl. So some of it's dated, but some of it's worth going back and checking out too, especially our conversation with Harrison. Yeah, I would for sure, too. It's on the News Channel 13 Facebook page. It's on WNYT.com as well. Just click on podcasts and you will find it there. Yeah, Harrison was a lot of fun. It was good to hang out with him and a bunch of people at the Novice Clothing Company Super Bowl party at Saratoga National. So a little look back at, uh, at what we did on Sunday. Good, good stuff there. We will talk about what actually happened in the game coming up in a, a little bit on this show. But when we come back... First two-thirds 
of the NBA season, according to bags in the books as we hit the all-star break. What are our first half impressions? First half. What are our two-thirds impressions? of the season so far back on honor auto and bagnardi right after this if you're overweight if you snore don't wait for your next physical to find out you have sleep apnea it could cost you your job call dr frederick dreyer at the integrative sleep center for a game-changing alternative in sleep apnea treatment and get a good night's rest teams athletes organizations we're transforming the custom apparel industry through products and purpose claim your crown Wondering what to do now that your Philips CPAP was recalled? Dr. Frederick Dreyer has a safe and effective alternative treatment for sleep apnea. Just pop it in and get a good night's rest. Keep your quality of life. Call the Integrative Sleep Center today. We work with all insurances. And now, back to Honorado and Bagnardi. Brought to you by Alpen House. Shout out to all of our partners on the show, Alpenhouse, obviously Andy Heck, Katie Osborne, great people, and we're proud to be uh, partnered up with them. Popeyes will bring you our Louisiana Fast Minute later on in the show. Novice Clothing Company, who does all of our O&B gear, and they hosted that Super Bowl party at Saratoga National. The Integrative Sleep Center, you just saw a couple of spots for them in that last commercial break. A shout out to them in Boston Spa and Dr. Frederick Dreer for being part of this show as well. And, of course, Pick 6 Vodka, which was our sponsor of the NFL Pick'em segment each and every week, at which Bags and I were about 500 in terms of taking on the viewer head-to-head. We'll do it again in the fall for sure, but we've got stuff in store with Pick 6 Vodka in terms of March Madness, the golf season, and then rolling into track season up in Saratoga. All right, Johnny, I'll give you the floor here a little bit after your Nets came back from 28 points down at the Garden to beat the Knicks. And Brooklyn is currently in the sixth position in the Eastern Conference, having traded away James Harden, having not had Kyrie Irving for most of the year so far, and now dealing with injuries to Kevin Durant. Yeah, don't have to go crazy talking about last night or even about the Nets in general. Um, they've looked pretty good with how they're mixing in Drummond and Curry only in just two games, though. But I think those guys are going to be important pieces for them, as we talked about when we reacted live last week as the trade happened literally in the middle of our show one week ago right now. Um, I, I think that the pieces, if all the pieces are there and all the pieces are healthy and you have Simmons and you have Kyrie playing in all of your games and you have the healthy Durant with these additional now role players who fill out areas where they had some big holes and Drummond uh, like almost 20 rebounds last night. He's, he's a monster and Curry is a really good shooter. It's interesting. I saw a stat that Harris and Seth Curry are both in the top five all time in NBA three point shooting percentage, which yeah. is, which is pretty good, right? I mean, he's, he's even shooting it at a higher percentage than his brother, which you wouldn't realize. I'm not going to say he's anywhere near the shooter that his brother is, but that's an impressive stat. And if you ever get Joe Harris back and add him in, I like where the nets are. My impressions of the NBA's first half or 72% is what it really is closer to 
Um, the Warriors look pretty good, right? And now with Klay Thompson back and healthy, I think they're going to be as dangerous as they have been in years past. Yep. Um, I like the parity of the league. I don't know who's going to win this year, right? Mm-hmm. There was a time in the NBA when when LeBron was dominating, when Durant and Curry were teamed up, where we had an idea of maybe not who was going to win it all, but who who would probably be the teams in the finals if everybody was healthy. Can't say that this year. I mean, Milwaukee's the champions, and they might be, honestly, the favorites again if I had to pit ride or die with one team today because wow. they're really, really good. But I don't feel really confident in that. You know, Milwaukee is – are they fourth in the East? Chicago, Miami – well, that's where I was going next. Chicago, yeah. right, yeah. Uh, with with the addition of DeMar DeRozan and Miami with Kyle Lowry on that team, what he brings with Jimmy Butler and Adebayo. You know, the, the East Conference is very, very good, and the top teams will see, of course, what James Harden does in Philadelphia. They're going to be a challenge as well. And then out West, the Lakers have been disappointing, but you've got teams in there like Denver and Utah, all teams who you could see really – Golden State, you know, really going at each other. And let's not forget the team that was in the finals last year, the Phoenix Suns, who have been blowing the doors off of the league this year. So I I don't know. It's wide open for me, and I'm excited to see the stretch run. Give me an NBA finals matchup today. I have to say Brooklyn. I have to. I'll I'll say Phoenix and Brooklyn. Okay. I'm on Phoenix, too, and I think Phoenix is best equipped this year to win it all. Mm-hmm. Um, out of the East, I think I like Miami. I think they will win some drag-out, ugly playoff games reminiscent of the 90s. They will hold teams to low shooting percentages. They'll hold them to the low 100s, if that much, once we get to the playoffs. I I would take Miami today if you if you pinned me up against the wall. Has it been disappointing for Brooklyn first half of the season? Certainly it has been for the Knicks. Knicks are three and thirteen in their last sixteen games going to the break. Yeah. Now Brooklyn, I, I detailed some of the things as to why they haven't won as many games, but they lost what eleven in a row at some point. Bags yeah. and now they've won back to back here. Yeah. So would you tag it as a disappointing? start to start to the year or going into the all-star break for your boys. Absolutely. I mean, coming into this season, it was okay. We have the big three healthy. Let's go for this thing, right? That was, that was the vision. We'll get the big three healthy. Everything will be great and we'll go for it. And you think about it, we never really got to see the big three, the way that we were supposed to in Brooklyn before they had to ship Harden out of town unhappy. So that alone is disappointing. The record is what it is. I think that you just have to get there because of how tight it is and and because of how much parity there is. I don't know that – I mean, yeah, home court is important, of course. Now, of course, the Nets have this added element with Kyrie. But that aside, yeah, you'd rather play your games at home than on the road. But there's it, the, the teams are just so close and so tight. Give me Kevin Durant on the road and I'm happy against, you know, versus being another team playing their home games. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, but no, it's, it is very disappointing because the Kyrie thing still has not gotten figured out. That will though. Let me just stop you there really quickly here because Adam Silver finally has spoken publicly about this where he says, it doesn't make sense to me yeah. that an unvaccinated player on a visiting team could come to Barclays, play yeah. a game, why are the home player can't play a game? So 
this will change. And I think Silver understands that the world of COVID is changing and it's loosening up. And and I'm sure he can feel New York City either completely removing or at least lessening its restrictions that will allow Irving to play in the very near future. I I do believe that will happen. But it is interesting to me that now Silver is kind of, okay, let's turn up the pressure a little bit here because – I want my best product out right. there when we get to the postseason. So if I start talking about it now, yeah, in two months when it really matters, when the playoffs start, I can make sure that that Kyrie has the exemption, if necessary, to play home games in New York City. Right, and and that and it has to. And and again, even if it doesn't get to that point, you just got to pay the fine and and deal with it because yeah. he's got to be out there. You just yeah. have to. But yes, it's been disappointing. The injuries have been disappointing. You know, Kevin Durant has now missed time. Joe Harris has missed most of this season. And we just talked about Tyree as a part-time player, but but was a no-time player for a good portion of the season. Let's not forget that, too. I mean, if they had him even in road games from the start of the season, if they had just bit the bullet on that. But the Nets took a stand and then went back on their stand. And yet they were off to their best start they were. in franchise history. They were. Uh, Nick, Nick says he likes Memphis. Yeah. Okay. Hey, you you can't won. forget about him. I mean, John Morant's an incredible player. Incredible. They've got they've got good young talent on that yes. team. So you can't forget them. I don't know that I'd pick them. I feel like they're maybe a year or two away from being on that. Like, I wouldn't pick them to beat Golden State or Denver or Phoenix in a playoff series. But, but again, they're not going to shock anybody if they do because it's tight in the West, too. Anthony Davis is going to miss maybe two weeks um, with another injury, and the Lakers are four games under 500. They're ninth in the West. They would have to play their way in to the postseason at this point. Do they crack the top six by the time the playoffs start? Does this team have any chance? Would you would you give the? I know you're going to tell me, yeah, they have LeBron, so give them a chance. But realistically, are you giving the Lakers any chance whatsoever of even making it to the Western Conference Finals? Yes, yes. If they're healthy, they're right, and that's a big if too. But if you have if you have LeBron and you have AD and they're healthy, and Westbrook gives you anything, yeah, why not? They're loaded. That's that is a front heavy loaded team that should be able to compete with anybody. And LeBron is having one of the best years, you know, he's put together at the advanced age that he is. And yes, if you get him in a postseason series, you get him late in a postseason game, I think you can go to him and and ride him still. So yes, I, I don't I'm not picking the Lakers to win the West today, but I'm not counting them out. I'm never counting LeBron out. Carol wants to know what no love for our Hawks. Hey, plenty of love for Kevin Herter. Now 500 career three-pointers after Atlanta's last game. But realistically, a chance for the Hawks to do anything close to what they did last year, I just don't see it happening. They overachieved last year, similar to the Knicks, right? They overachieved. And I think if you looked at those two teams after last season, you just said, well, the Hawks are going to take that next step up. But maybe the Knicks do too. And really, I don't think either – obviously the Knicks haven't, but the Hawks haven't really taken that no. next step either. So – I would predict them where they overachieved in the playoffs to maybe just, you know, finish right where they belong this year and and not have real playoff success. You mentioned DeMar DeRozan, all that he's bringing to the Chicago Bulls with Zach Levine out. How yeah. about this? This was Wilt Chamberlain's records. He, he had the mark of six straight games of 35 or more points while shooting better than 50 percent from the field. Now, I had no, until I saw that DeRozan had broken the record. I wouldn't have been able to tell you he even had three straight games like this. 
-hmm. and he had six going into Wednesday night's contest. So DeMar DeRozan, who was this, he was like the guy who Toronto couldn't get rid of fast enough to bring in Kawhi. And I get it. It worked out. They got their title, Sure, but he then goes to San Antonio and everybody's saying, I don't think this guy's game fits today's NBA because too, he, he's, he's too reliant on the mid range. Well, here he is on a first place Chicago Bulls team scoring more than 35 points a game and shooting better than 50% from the field in seven straight games. Not bad. Not bad at all. He is, he's Mr. Mid-Range in the NBA, but there are guys, I hope that guys like him, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, these are guys who can dominate in the mid-range, and I would like to see that come back more into the game. This idea of it has to be a layup, free throw, or three-point shot in your trip every time down the floor, I don't think that's true. I really don't. And I think there is room for the mid-range to be even in today's game where they get up and down, they score a lot of points. And I hope that these kind of performances and, and now that you get to the point where it's a recognizable record that you're you're doing something like this, that maybe teams start to change a little bit of the philosophy because I'd like to see the NBA get a little bit more into the half-court game and see a little more mid-range. All right, give me your bet here as we sit at the All-Star break. Here are the current odds to win the NBA title. Phoenix is the favorite, uh, but it's far from a heavy favorite. Brooklyn's the number one team in the East still. That's the the power of somebody like Kevin Durant, uh, but the Bucs are not far behind them. And then obviously Philadelphia gets the bump after the Harden trade because they didn't even have Simmons on the floor for this year. Give me, give me a bet here that you like. The Heat are maybe the best bet for your for your money value. here to actually get the yeah, value to get some return on it um nuggets too nuggets and bulls i mean you're gonna go that high but i think i think you know i'd edge the heat a little bit over them but if you want to take your chance with the bulls nuggets or lakers and throw down 10 bucks and still yeah. you know win some money then go there yeah i mean 30 to 1 yeah. on the on the first place team in the east interesting right yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, look, I'm all about DraftKings now. I'm trying to hit parlays, you know, three nights a week. I, I've learned that I learned on the Super Bowl as I bet a lot of different things. Yeah. Five bucks here, five bucks here, five bucks here. And I hit some and I lost some and I basically broke even. I thought to myself, is that really the way to do it, though? Sports betting. I think you got it. Maybe for the Super Bowl, it is a game like that where you want to have action on a lot of different things. You got to be careful not to bet against yourself, though, or right. But you know, like I could hit this, but then that means I automatically lose that. So I'm breaking even right. anyway. You got to be careful of that. But I think it's better to just bet lower amounts of money, bet, you know, bet more often on things that are longer odds. Like try to hit four or five game parlays, that type of thing. And, you know, cash in your your $10 bet for 300 or 500 bucks than trying to bet 100 or 200 and, and live or die on what happens in one game. Oh, yeah. You know, I, I've run into this, though, with multi-game parlays where, you know, it kills you. And a horse better will tell you this, too, when you do a pick six or something like that. Um, when you hit three of the four or four of the five, and then you think, why didn't I just leave that one out? I know. It happened last night to me. I had I had four games, I think, in one, and I, and I hit two of them. And the other two I had, I had Utah – uh, winning the Lakers, like a one point spread, like baby, it was like a pick them. Yep. And I had Utah went to bed, they were winning. And I had the Warriors, you know, minus like six points or seven points. And they were looking pretty good at one point in their game. And then that, so yeah, but you're right. It's like, why didn't I just leave off the one there? I would have been fine. 
I know. All right, when we come back here, the Popeyes Louisiana Fast Minute coming at you. We're also going to, of course, react to what happened in Super Bowl 56. The Rams get a victory. Matthew Stafford gets his Super Bowl. All of that still on the way here on Honorado and Bagnardi. Hang on, back right after this in less than a minute. Happiness is found in simple things. The sun on your face. Sharing laughs. At the campground. Getting wet. Relaxing together. The love of family. There's never been a better time to go outside and play. Alpenhouse Pool Spa Boat and RV. Bringing families together and creating memories since 1964. At Marcella's Appliance Center, our commitment is to you, providing essential appliances that families depend on for cooking, refrigeration, cleaning, and sanitation, plus appliance repair. You can have peace of mind that Marcella's is here for you today and every day, like we have been since 1957, helping you make the right choice with trusted brands like Whirlpool, Maytag, KitchenAid, Genair, and many more. Shop Marcella's Appliance Center in-store, online, or by phone. We're here for you. And now, back to Honorado and Bagnardi. Brought to you by Alpenhouse. All right, Bags. Uh, two hot topics currently in the world of sports or entertainment, and they get our attention here today with the Louisiana Fast Minute. You get your first crack at it here, man. You ready to go? I'm ready. Let's do it. All right, here we go. Stick to a minute this time, Jeff Warnick ragging on me all right so chris did you see this this is during the super bowl parade here for the rams and that was it happens fast about as fast as louisiana fast minute there she goes a photographer off the stage Mm. matthew stafford and his wife you see the reactions there stafford oh my god turns around and walks away his wife goes over to check on the person this is a bad look for matthew stafford i know this isn't really a hot take But what a clown, man. You see anybody go off an elevated platform like that to the point where they could seriously be hurt. And from what we hear, this woman was seriously hurt, broke her spine. Um, This here, that's not how you react when you see it. Oh, my God, turn away. You you at least got to look, check on somebody. Now, I'm not saying he's got a responsibility to jump down there and, and start CPR or something, if that's the case. But he acted. Like, he didn't give a crap. And I know people have said, well, maybe he was drunk, whatever. That doesn't matter. That shows who you are. He didn't care about that person. That's a bad look. I'm with you. The more I watch it, the more I say, you you have to do something more in that moment. And I understand there's a lot that he can't do, but simply being present would have been enough. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to do anything. Right. But that shows he didn't even care. That's yeah. what's worse for me. Yeah, it was. Oh, and he did say, "Oh my God!" And he starts to walk away as, as if, as if he had pushed her, or as if he had something to do with it, which obviously he didn't. But the, the walking away so casually was like, "What are you trying to get away from, man?" Right. That so was it like sucks for her. Yeah, well, yeah, it does. It really does. She got badly hurt, man. Come on, you gotta be better than that. Yeah, that I'm with you. The more I see it, the more I think mm, that that does not uh, look good at all bring in nicks there you go reaction disgraceful yeah come on is that is that bangle fan pride speaking there more than anything <laughs> could, i don't know that could I don't be. Know. 
All right, I'm going on the clock here. And Bags, my Louisiana fast minute has to do with Aaron Rodgers, but not in the way that you think. Oh, boy. It is about his relationship status. Now, single, again, according to TMZ and multiple celebrity-focused publications, that the two-time defending MVP, four overall, is broken up with the actress Shailene Woodley. They were engaged. He talked glowingly about her at times, but Woodley says that he put football first. Good. Okay? The, the man is 38. He needs a second Super Bowl. He can't be wrapped up in a relationship at this time. Let's worry about winning and then go get married to whoever you want, have as many kids as you want. But to say that Aaron Rodgers, you don't want to be with him because he put football first, give me a break. Here's what it signals to me in my final five seconds. He's staying in Green Bay. No reason to move closer to Hollywood now. Denver doesn't matter. You're not dating an actress anymore. Hold to on me, a second. Hold on This a second. means Green Bay is where Aaron Rodgers stays because he's no longer dating an actress or engaged to an actress. Do you think there are more eligible bachelorettes in Green Bay than there are in Los Angeles? I understand. I understand. Okay. okay. <laughs> um, I'm surprised you hooked on to this. He really is your guy, man. You're going to be disappointed when he goes, aren't you? Whenever that is. Yes. Yeah. He's a clown. He was a clown with I, I all the COVID it. stuff. I understand every... that. Yeah. He's still a heck of a quarterback. Do you think his relationship status will at all affect his play on the field? No. Then I don't care. He did say after he won the MVP in 2021, he said, made reference to the fact that he was engaged in a relationship that he was happy with, and he was playing some of his best football. He didn't say that's why, but he he put both in the same sentence, and we could all infer that 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 is what he meant was because I'm happier in my personal life now. I'm playing great professionally, but but he was great again this year, and and there were rocky moments. Clearly, I read a piece. I first time I've ever looked at people.com or or uh, in touch magazine.com this morning. I'm scouring the internet. And uh, and there was there were there were multiple sources close to the celebrity couple saying that uh, you know he and Shailene did not they did not see eye to eye on many political matters. Okay, makes sense. Uh, I mentioned Jeff earlier with the times. He did. I clocked in at one o three and forty two. It's very specific, and I, I get a nice job. You of course no ten seconds no. more than me. No, so I don't buy that. That's a producer there worried about the clock, worried about if the guys are going to come in on time. We know how it is with the meteorologists. That's a little oh, that's a little it. peel back the curtain of TV news. That nothing kills a producer more than having a meteorologist go three minutes over his three minute clock. Um, so I call yeah. BS on my time. I that was I don't. You were closer than that. Yeah, I think you were I thought close. So. Mm. I thought so too. Listen, before we get to the Super Bowl, I want to ask you about All Star Weekend. Can we switch gears to back to basketball for one minute? Sure. Do you have any interest no. in the game or no. the Saturday night festivities? Yeah, I always, I'm always interested in the three point shootout. Here's always. my problem with the three point shootout. I'm going to read you the names real quick, right? Okay, because I, I don't even know who's in it. Go ahead. Okay. Fred Van Vliet, Desmond Bain from the Grizzlies, Luke Kennard, Zach Levine, CJ McCollum. Patty Mills from the Nets, who's near the top in three-point percentage this year. Carl Anthony Towns and Trey Young. Not doing it for me. You're missing 
anybody named Curry, which is a problem, yeah. right? I mean, you got to yeah. have Curry in a three-point shootout. So if not for the net in this, I'm with you. Not really doing it for me either. I'll have a rooting interest, so I, I'm more excited about it than I think I normally would be. How about the dunk contest? This one's uh, Obi Toppin, Jalen Green from the Rockets, Cole Anthony, and Juan Toscano-Anderson from mm. the Warriors. Yeah. Uh, Obi Toppin and and who did you say from Houston? Uh, Jalen Green. Green. Yeah. They, they, the, Toppin and Green will put on a show. I hope so, man. None of this missing five dunks in a row crap. No. How about the game? No no interest in the game. Not really. You have no Harden, no Durant, which would have nope. been great just to see them going at it. And, of course, it's Team Durant, and he's not even out there. This right. is where – I like, it was fun, and I like the drafting of it. I like the element because it, it, there is there is some fun to that. But then I, then I get to the game, and I think I really miss Easton versus West. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Give me the old format. Yeah, I, I guess I won't be as into the three-point shootout as I thought I would be or as much as I generally am. Who wins that for you? The three-point shootout? Yeah. You know what? Give me Fred Van Vliet. Okay. Here's my problem with All-Star Weekend now in the NBA is it is becoming the Pro Bowl where guys are opting to not yeah. participate. And and it's it's certainly not as dangerous like how many guys no. have been seriously injured not. in the three-point shootout or even the dunk contest which i understand you're risking a little bit more but or the or the game nobody even play, the last five minutes of the game are the only time that they're playing anyway the rest yeah. of it just and a I dunk show some guys are just better dunkers than other can be more creative can jump higher and stuff like that but if you don't want to do the dunk contest then i want to see durant my goodness, I want to see LeBron. I want to see the best players in the world, at least in the three-point shootout. Like, Would you rather show say, me something? Do here's you, the question. You're, 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 you're a top five player. I need all five of you in a – and if I'm Adam Silver, I might say this. Here are the ten best players in the world. Pick your competition. I don't care what you do, but you have to do something. That's what I was going to ask you. So you'd rather have the, the best players competing in a three-point shootout even more than perhaps just the best three-point shooters. Yes. Right. Because to me, those are the most competitive guys as well, right? They're used to being, quote-unquote, the best. Yeah. And so I think ultimately the competitive juices will really start going. And, and whether or not Durant is this great three-point shooter, he's pretty darn good. Um, I, I, I want to see that. I want to see. Agree. Does he all of a sudden, without a hand in his face, and he's going rack to rack to rack, now do we see really how well he can shoot it? Maybe there's something that we don't get to see during a game. I want to see the best players when the lights are the brightest. So give me East versus West. I want my game back normal, and okay. maybe I'll watch it. And then I'll watch. Maybe I'll watch all of it. I'll watch usually the end of it. And then in the all-star competition, maybe that's where you incorporate the draft and the skills stuff and that where you have two teams and you get to pick your guy. You still have a winner, but now you have Team Durant's guys competing in that and Team LeBron's guys competing in the skills in the three-point shootout and the dunk, and they can part they have to participate. The captains have to pick one that they're going to participate in. And and now you get guys, you know, yeah. they select. I would leave one wild card spot or you get four dunkers. I'd leave one wild card spot for a guy who's just a high flyer and maybe yeah. isn't this great player. And, you, and then in the three-point shootout, I'd leave space for a guy, guys like 
Seth Curry, Joe Harris, guys who are just simply Kyle Corvers when he would play sharp, yeah. sharp shooter, knockdown guys who are not considered great players. Yes, right. I, I part of it needs space to be, for those. Yes. yes, part of it needs to be merit-based where you say, if you're in the top three of three-point percentage or top three and three-pointers made, you know, you kind of get an automatic bid and then the rest of it will figure it out. Yeah. All right, when we come back here on Honorado and Bagnardi, uh, a look back at the Super Bowl and the odds before the confetti had even finished falling at SoFi Stadium. The odds for next year's title we're already out. We will look at the teams favored to win Super Bowl 57 in 2023. That's next on O&B. Golf season is here. Get free golf at the Empire Golf Expo, February 26th and 27th at the Albany Capital Center. Over 20 free rounds of golf with every ticket. Discounted apparel and equipment. Meet CBS Sports announcer Donnie Pepper. Resale tickets at EmpireGolfExpo.com. Happiness is found in simple things. The sun on your face sharing laughs at the campground getting wet relaxing together the love of family there's never been a better time to go outside and play alpenhouse pool spa boat and rv bringing families together and creating memories since 1964. And now, back to Honorado and Bagnardi. Brought to you by Alpenhouse. All right, Bags, I'm not really one to rehash something that's nearly a week old, but if, if you want to dive deep into what you saw between the Rams and the Bengals, I'm, I'm happy to do a little bit of that. Um, but let me ask you the question, though, and we can work backwards if you want to. Sure. Are the Rams going to be the first team to repeat as Super Bowl champs since the Patriots did it in 04-05? No. Uh, it's, it's very, very difficult to do, as we know, as that number proves. They're in a tough division, first of all, right, with the Cardinals and the 49ers yeah. out there. I mean, it, it's it's not easy, So and, and Seattle, whatever. But um, I just think it's it's too difficult of a road to get back when you've, you've got the target on your back and they're going to be a lot of other really good competitive teams in the NFC. No, I just think, no, they will not repeat. Yeah, I'm with you. I just figured I'd throw it out there, give some historical perspective as to how difficult uh, it is in order to do that. And and you've got, look, you've got guys like Aaron Donald talking about retirement. You've got uh, their left tackle, Andrew Whitworth, who is going to yeah. retire. Sean McVay, the head coach at 36 years old, is saying, I'm not going to do this forever. I don't know when I'll walk away. And, and speculation has run wild about McVay's future in terms of when he might actually say, I don't want to be a head coach in the NFL anymore. All of it to me is just adding up. It, it's just too difficult to do. Cooper Cup is not going to put together that same type of season. Von Miller, as much as L.A. wants to re-sign him, is not going to put together the type of stretch that he did after he was traded. OBJ has the torn ACL. He won't be with the Rams next year. So there are it, it, Super Bowl teams get stripped of a lot of their best free agents. And, and some of that is going to happen here with the Rams for sure. I just don't see any way how they could go back to back. I just hope if they start falling off the stage like that photographer, that Stafford doesn't have the you same are. reaction or they're going to be in big trouble. You are really something. All right, so the Rams beat the Bengals 23. I mean, it's a broken spine for crying out loud. I know. I know. Uh, Sorry. <laughs> Rams beat that. 
No, you can't. Rams beat the Bengals 23-20. Um, nice final drive. I thought it got a little overplayed, uh, but a Chris nice final drive there by Matthew Stafford and the Rams. And then obviously the defense, which really came to life in the second half, getting to Joe Burrow, was able to get to Burrow on fourth down. Because look, Cincinnati had a chance there too, just needed an Evan McPherson mm. field goal to send that thing to overtime. Um, but the defense did what it did, and the Rams had a really good final two minutes in order to win that Super Bowl. They did. You know, it's tough because this game was coming on the heels of six incredible playoff games in the conference championship and the divisional round. And it was like, even if it's a close game, which it was, did it live up to those other ones? Not really. Mm -hmm. So it almost felt like a letdown, even though if those were just normal football games and we looked at everything in a vacuum, we just said, that's a pretty good Super Bowl. That's it was a, a Real quick, it was a good yeah. game where it fell flat for me was, you know, like Chiefs Bills was wild, right? right? Wild fourth quarter, right. overtime, insane. Rams Bengals was good for the first three quarters. And then all they did was punt back and forth to one another in the fourth quarter until that final drive. That's where it lost momentum for me. The fourth quarter is when these two teams didn't. And you're going to tell me what well, the defenses were just better. I'm not buying it. The fourth quarter lacked a lot for me in that Super Bowl, aside from the final drive that Stafford engineered. I needed more in the way of entertainment in that fourth quarter for me to say, wow, what a great game. Yeah, and Nick, who's a Bengals fan, I think he makes a good point here that neither team played that great. I think neither team, it's fair to say, was at their best, no. which we had seen maybe in this playoffs before leading up to that. So then that more contributes to where you have a, a letdown feeling. I agree with you that that last drive got a little bit overplayed. You know, Collinsworth right after the game calling it like one of the great Super Bowl drives. I don't know. And I think it's because it felt a little herky-jerky at times. And there were penalties. The one penalty was questionable, the pass interference. But honestly, I thought the Rams were owed one after Jalen Ramsey's head almost got ripped off and the yeah. Bengals got a touchdown earlier in the game. So it didn't bother me. I feel like at the end of the day, the best team on Sunday won that game. Um, you know, if they played five times, though, I don't know. Maybe the Bengals win three and the Rams, I don't know. But it's all about what happens on that Sunday, just like we talked about with the Olympics, who answered the call that day. And it was the Rams. They were the better team, not by much. They didn't play their best. Neither did Cincinnati. But the better team won. All right. So the odds to win the Super Bowl in 2023, they are already out. They were out before Cooper Cup was even named MVP, I think. Absurd. Chiefs are the favorite. Yeah. Bills are second choice. Mm -hmm. Then the Rams, Bengals, and Niners. Those are your top five in order. I didn't leave anybody out to highlight these teams. This is one through five based on Caesar Sportsbook's odds to win next year's Super Bowl. Give me the problems. Bill. No, it's fine. It's going to change, obviously. And, and The Niners is the most interesting one because we don't know who their quarterback is. It's not going to be Jimmy Garoppolo, and I right. don't know that it'll be. It might be Trey Lance. It, it might be, be Aaron Rodgers. But but that's the thing is it might be Aaron Rodgers. So if you got a hundred bucks to throw on one of these teams, the Niners might make the most sense. Yeah, Sam wants to know about the Jets and the Giants. You got that stat too, right? I did. He says he's putting it? money on the Jets. Um, Here you nice. go. Jets and Texans have the worst odds to win the Super Bowl. Two hundred. To one Giants are 100 to one, so not great there either. Now, I think of those three teams, my best money would be on the Jets. I think so too. Best value, <laughs> and uh, yeah, they stink and they're not going to win, but that's where I'd have to put my money there. 
Yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. So out of the top five here, you like the bills. Um, I do. I would roll the dice on San Francisco, but if you had to, if I was, if you were going to pin me down to a realistic selection, I'm probably on Buffalo too. Although the Chiefs, Chiefs let me down this year, and, and, you know, really they, they, and Buffalo, I think, just more consistently moving forward, I, I like their chances better. Uh, we got, I got to get your take on this. Sam's saying here though, quickly, like at the beginning of the year, what were the Bengals to win it all, right? Yeah, that's a good point. So maybe maybe he's making a case for the Jets. Let's keep it with Sam, though. I know you're not going to like this. You would oh. love with that halftime show. I'll say this real quick, then I'll let you finish with halftime. I I like Snoop Dogg. I like Eminem. This, for me, was – I'm not a huge, like, Dre guy. I get, like, this was my era, but it wasn't really my style, so I didn't go over the moon about it like a lot of people did, but I didn't hate it like a lot of people did either. Like I said, I like Snoop. I like Eminem. For me, it just lacked in the big production value that you normally see in a Super Bowl. The set wasn't all that great, and I don't need guys parachuting in. I don't need that, um, but it just felt like we're each going to sing a song, one of our hits, whatever, one or two of our hits, and then we're going to sing a little bit together at the end, and then we're going to call it a day. Yeah, I would have loved to have seen more collaboration as opposed to, okay, it's my turn now, it's your turn now, you go and you go, and we'll all now we're off stage, so you get your one spotlight. I would have loved to have seen more on stage together singing each other's songs. Right. That would have been really, really cool. Like to get Mary J in on some Still Dre, sign me up for that. Um, 90s hip hop is my wheelhouse, man. Right. I when they announced that it was going to be Dre and Snoop, I'm like, I don't even need to get anybody else up out there. But Eminem, cool. 50 showed up, awesome. Mary J was there. You had Kendrick Lamar. I mean, Kendrick is is more new age. Right? But yeah, like when it was Dre and Snoop, I'm like, sign me up. Th- yeah. This is this is my youth. This is my I think childhood. I would have been happier if you just let the, let the two of them do the whole thing then. It gets a little overextended, you know, because it, you can't fit enough in. Yeah, I, okay. I, I get that. Um, I thought the halftime show was phenomenal. Phenomenal. And and there, and there I will I will admit that I'm biased. It, it could have been a, 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 a technical disaster, and I would have said, what a great halftime show. Yeah. Because I love Dre and I love Snoop. And now you've blown them all in one time. So it's not even like we could see Eminem next year and Snoop the year after. That's the problem. Yeah. Now you got to reinvent yourself next year. We'll see. Yeah. No, it was good. All right. When we come back next week, uh, we'll be into the uh, last third of the NBA season, as Bags would term it. We're Ramp all up. over that here on Honorado and Bagnardi as well. Thanks for hanging out and watching this edition of O&B, everybody. Have a great weekend.